This is your Drive Time Prop. 30 minutes jam-packed with news of the day from the perspectives of truth, liberty, and justice. This is Monica Perez. And I'm Brad Binkley. Before we get to the top story, I've got a couple of little items. One is, I did a show yesterday. I did a podcast. uh, A guy is just starting his podcast called The Unuseful Idiots. Had a good time. I do not think he was anywhere near as far down the rabbit hole as I am. So if you listen, tell me if you think I went too far or not far enough. But the upshot, I thought, of our conversation was basically... In a nutshell, though I didn't put it this way, I think the American experiment may be hopeless, but I do not think it's pointless. So we explored that. Uh, I just I wish uh, the Tory and the unuseful idiots good luck on their podcast. If you want to listen to it, go to thepropreport.com. It's up there now. And so that was my yesterday. And then I had a funny story yesterday that relates to – did I say – was I saying – on the show yesterday, Binkley, about Sonny Purdue and my son, like, taking the microphone out of his hands? Yes. Okay. Well, my son has Down syndrome. That was a long time ago. He's now 17. He shaves. He has mutton chops. But he wanted, like, just to give you a sense of where he is mentally, he asked for Zootopia shaving cream. So What is that? It doesn't exist. Because people who like Zootopia, which is, I think, a Disney movie, do not shave, generally. Oh. So he relates to a much, much younger mindset. So last night, yesterday afternoon, we were at my husband's work picnic. And they had, like, games and food, and it was fun. Like, you dunk your boss, and they had, like, a limbo contest. What do you dunk them in? You, it's one of the dunk tank. Oh, you throw I see. The ball, like, so my... Son dunked my husband, and everybody just loved that. The kid with Down syndrome, so, you know, like he just like, he was like, "I'm famous, I'm famous." So it, we they had sack races, whatever. But then it wasn't really like bring your teen; it was more like bring your little kid. The workers are mostly younger; their kids are all little. And they had an MC and a guy who like a DJ and stuff. The speakers were so loud; I could like barely deal with it. But they were doing a little kids game. So they had these little kids lined up. Little. Like the oldest kid probably wasn't even seven. And my son, who's giant, like baby Huey giant, just runs across. the field. I'm going to play the game. I'm going to play the game. I'm like, I don't, I don't think so. You know, and I'm running after him. And the game is, uh, the MC was said, she was going to say a letter. And the little kids had to say a word that started with that letter. And if you said the same word as the last guy, you were out. And if you couldn't answer the question in five seconds, you were out. So, like, that just shows you the mental level of what we're dealing with here. So they do horse. Oh, no, H. They do H. So the first kid's like horse. And the second kid's like house. And the third kid's like hand. Then my son goes up, just like with Sonny Purdue, goes right up to the microphone and says, HIV. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I was so unbelievably mortified. And thank goodness the DJ was hysterical. I mean, hysterical. People were just falling down. Thank goodness they had a sense of humor. Because, you know, he gets exposed to this stuff. He watches werewolf movies. And I think he said he saw it on a commercial for Pose 
which is a show that he was watching The Simpsons and a commercial for Pose came up. But then I couldn't get him away from the game. And the next word, the next letter was P. And I was like, oh, I, I can't. I've got to get this microphone away from this kid. And fortunately, he said Perez. So I was like, okay, that's disqualifying. So we're done now. <laughs> but it saved me. I just thought it was funny because I was just talking yesterday about the time that he did the, uh, the took the microphone from Sonny Perdue and like my heart is my throat. Anyway, I had to leave after that. But that was my yesterday. I am still completely immersed in the news of the day. So let's get to that. The first thing, the thing that's happening, just top of the news, top of the news, is the hurricane in Florida. People are freaking out. They're just, and this is Florida, where, I mean, it's 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 like inserted into the middle of the ocean. Like, the rest of us don't really have to worry about hurricanes so much. But the fact that they're living, this is why I hate disaster relief, because if you if you take insurance you find out immediately what behaviors and lifestyle are costly and stupid. So I had life insurance and I said I was a non-smoker and it's very low. And then I, I cheated, but they test your blood and stuff. Like they can find out. I didn't know that, but like I snuck a cigarette. This is a long, long time ago. And my insurance rates went up or they wouldn't give it to me for a year or two. Like it was crazy. I was like, Oh, I'm never having another cigarette again. Like that's just ridiculous. So it really helps you understand your behavior, whereas disaster relief subsidizes people who live in cheap places because it's cheap to live in a place that gets smushed by hurricanes all the time. So that that's, that is just like my libertarian perspective. But one thing that I can't get out of my mind when I hear hurricane stories is this interview I saw on Prison Planet or Alex Jones a long time ago, so one of these things that really makes me scratch my it really gives Alex Jones credibility and you have to have that whether you're info or disinfo but did you ever see Binkley the Ben Livingston interview the the father of weaponized weather as they called him do you remember that one he's real old was he the guy that started the weather channel no no he was a guy who was a pilot during Vietnam this is his story anyway and I've never seen it debunked I I looked into it a little bit I even got like a very mainstream bestseller called like Hurricane Watch or Storm Watch or something where they refer to this program and then dismiss it as no longer active. But he said they would see the clouds over Vietnam to absolutely inundate the the trails and everything to fight the Viet Cong. Yeah, it's Operation Popeye, I believe. Oh, funny. Yeah, I didn't I didn't know that. So this is that that's the guy he used to do it. And he said that, so when Hurricane Katrina came, he was very upset because he said they should have just seeded that hurricane out in the ocean. It should never have made landfall. They completely can control that. Now, in that book I read, it said they don't control it because of the liability of controlling the weather. Some people are going to be hurt by it and some people are going to be helped. I don't believe that's why they don't do it. I believe that might be why they don't admit it. But if they're doing it, what what are they up to? Because they're not doing us any favors. And I and I took his reasoning one step further. He said, Katrina, yes, I could see how it would hit New Orleans without being interfered with. But I lived in Houston, and the, and Houston's 30 miles in. The people were worried right after Katrina for Hurricane Rita, and it caused more deaths to worry about it. I wasn't worried because I'm from New York, like 17 miles inland, and the hurricanes just can't get in like that. 
they don't usually do that much damage that far inland. So when Hurricane Harvey was all the story about absolutely devastating Houston, I thought, not only are they not seeding these things out in the ocean, they might be seeding them over land. You know, they might actually be making them worse. I don't know, but I highly recommend that. I tweeted it at Monica Perez Show, this Ben Livingston interview. I thought it was interesting for all the news you're hearing about the hurricane. Yeah, they seed hurricanes. China has a whole governmental department dedicated to controlling the weather. Yes, and I actually tried to find... I was doing some research, and there was a an industry rag called, like, weather controller, but it was expensive. I don't forget what it was called exactly, but even when I was at the World Cup in Moscow last year, or a couple of years ago, I uh, I predicted that it would not rain on Russia's big game, and it did not, and my husband thought it was just a coincidence, and the other people in the suite were like, oh, no, they 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 do that. I was like, I don't know. It seems to be an open secret here or not even a secret. I don't know. Anyway, so that's my hurricane story. Well, speaking of the hurricane that we've been watching slowly, slowly move towards us for the past week. It's always like a week-long coverage leading up to the hurricane. Trump recently canceled his trip to Poland. He was supposed to go there to celebrate the 80th anniversary of World War II, I believe. And the reason he canceled is because he said that he needed to be here so he could make sure all the resources of the government are dedicated to fighting the hurricane. Now, now this was a, a statement that both people on the left and the right agreed with, yet somehow the left still made it racist. And the How reason, could it be racist? Here's why it's racist, because Trump changed his tone when it came to his – Concerns about Hurricane, uh, what's this hurricane called? Dorian, I think. Dorian. Hurricane like Dorian, Dorian yeah. Um, so he changed his tone, they said, and they said before he didn't care about it because before the hurricane was on a path towards Puerto Rico, Trump didn't care about the hurricane. All he cared about was attacking <laughs> Puerto Rico. <laughs> But oh, now, funny. I see. Now okay. that it's going towards Florida, <laughs> Trump has seven lands and properties there. That's a swing state. And as a Democratic congresswoman put it, Florida is not full is not an island full of people of color. So the oh, left has, they have managed to completely agree with an action that the president takes, yet still frame it as a racist action. <laughs> And the and when Bush W didn't show up in Katrina like day one, they gave him nothing but grief. So he sh- he has to come home for it. I imagine that's uh-huh. funny. Well, th- there was another thing in the news today, and I- I've talked about how I do not understand. What, like it's hard to tell what's fake and what's real, what's planted and what's not planted. There's a story. It looks legit to me. I didn't see any agenda being unrolled here that Trump's personal assistant, Madeline West, uh, <laughs> West Hart, Wester, Westerhouse, Westerhouse, something like that. Westerhouse. I think so. No, that's not true. It's um. Anyway, so she was his personal secretary and she stepped down she resigned after being caught private sharing private information about Trump 
his family and his life in what was supposed to be an off-the-record dinner. Actually, it was off-the-record dinner with reporters. Why she was having dinner with reporters. She's his personal assistant. And uh, in the... In the... New York Times version of the article, it said, so she wasn't his like long time personal assistant. And it made me wonder, like a guy like that should have his like long, I, I've known like super big bosses like that. And they have their personal assistants from way back. They, they know they're real gatekeepers. I mean, they know where, where the mistresses live. Like they are the ones. And this chick came from the RNC. She was worked on the Mitt Romney campaign. She was not like his insider. And it made me wonder if like what Reverend Wright said about Obama, it was totally a anti-Semitic comment for some reason, but he said that they were insulating Wright from Obama. And I wondered now, this made, this made me think like maybe taking Cohen out like maybe they do isolate the guy in charge so they can stovepipe him or make him vulnerable. So maybe he has this like random personal assistant who he could not trust and they take someone like Michael Cohen away from him just as a as a way to control the power base. But the but the funny little blur the little sentence in the New York Times, which just I was like, really? It said she's reported to have cried on election night because she was so upset that Trump won. This is somebody who worked for the RNC. If she cried, I'm, my guess is it was of joy. Why she was she was hoping Hillary was going to win, but she works for the RNC. I mean, why would she hope that she's never getting a job there? I have a question. Is this an anonymous source? <laughs> I don't have any answers on this one. Has this About has this woman said this herself? Do we know that, or is there, are they saying that it all? All I could see from the New York Times was that she reportedly, reportedly cried. Did they say any of the private personal information that she allegedly leaked? No, that's why I was reading. That's why I was reading the article. It's Madeline Westerhout, uh, but it was a New York Times article, but I read it in other places, too. I was trying to find what the information was. It says about his life, his schedule. I think it was his schedule. (gasps) Oh, if it was his schedule, that would be terrible if he really does just sit around eating ice cream. See, if this story is true, then what I wonder is the big story here is that the private information came out that I guess Trump wouldn't want to come out. Yet the story seems to be about the fact that she cried because she wanted Hillary to win. Which is well, that's the piece I pulled out, but yeah. that's what I was saying about this story is that it just looks like for reals there's no there's no meat in it. I don't think it's going to go anywhere, but it just sparked in my idea that like maybe i mean why this guy should not have a personal assistant he who hasn't been with him for twenty years. so you years. think it's I mean, a legit just, story is what you're saying that's what i'm saying yeah. and i but I think it gives a, a, a it gives information nevertheless in that. I, I just think it's weird that like there's nobody left around him who's been around him for a long time. Yeah. And I don't think it's because they're a bunch of thieves and clowns, which they may or may not be. But I now I, I it just occurred to me this guy is maybe quite isolated. Yeah, that does convey that I feel of isolation to the to the yeah, public and just, just a nobody likes him. stick out there. Not that, no, but that he himself, like a power play against him personally from the people who surround him. He's in my mind he's a figurehead. A yeah. puppet, even. Yeah. They all are. And the way they are controlled is things like stovepiping 
and that kind of thing. So I just, that's all. I'm just, just putting it out there, put it in your mind, and maybe that will, maybe little pieces of that puzzle will start gravitating around. Yeah, I'm interested to find out what she might have told the reporters. So Joe Biden had another, the gaffe machine, the (laughs) self-proclaimed gaffe machine. (laughs) He had another, quote, gaffe uh, yesterday, and what he did was he was given a, a speech at a campaign rally, and he told a story, a very dramatic story about you know soldiers showing courage. And turns out that the story wasn't true, and it was like pieced together from like three or four different stories. This is what the Washington Post they outed this or whatever. And this is an important story for a couple of reasons. One, we've been talking about this for a long time. None of the stories that any of these politicians tell when they are campaigning are true. None of them are. (laughs) They are all dramatic. That's kind of might be a slanderous statement, but yes, as I would say, as a general rule, it's not about truth. It's about no. It's about conveying (laughs) an emotional story that you can seed your talking points in that that's going to stick in the brains of the people you're telling it to. Easy to remember, emotional, and leaves an imprint on their brain. Truth is not a factor at all. There might be a kernel of truth in there. It might start there, but sometimes there's not. So these stories are all fiction. That's why we watch television to see these high drama. They're doing the same thing. <laughs> they have story writing workshops for these people. Stacey Abrams teaches oh, story. That's uh, funny. Yes, and and I know and Netanyahu. I remember I stumbled upon an article about like meet Netanyahu's acting coach. Yeah, this so is what they tell. Yeah, this, they tell it. activists. Yeah, they got tell it. politicians. Got it. So now this is coming out now. This has always been the case, but this has been coming out because Trump, everything Trump says, he might say, I tied my shoe earlier today, and it'll be like, fact check, the 2,000th lie Trump has told today, he did not tie his shoe earlier today. Ask his personal secretary. Exactly. She She leaked that information to us. Not on his schedule. So – they're 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 scrutinizing <laughs> things that everybody say more closely because if they're going to scrutinize Trump, people are going to scrutinize uh, them. So everybody's really parsing everything everybody says. And what the article talks about is that it's, it's sparked a debate about how to handle what politicians say in a post-truth world and how do you handle – gaffes like Biden does, well-intended gaffes because he's got a good heart versus Trump's intentional malicious lies. And it dawned on me that maybe there's an angle of this Biden thing that I hadn't considered that these gaffes, as opposed to making him look dumb or, or like he's losing it, are conditioning the public to say, oh, it's okay when, when Biden says things that are completely false. It's just a gaffe. He's well-intended. The message, the underlying message is clear, which is what Biden said in defense. Biden defended himself saying, well, the, the underlying message is clear. Truth is truth, but facts are facts. Oh, this is that a new one? Because yes. he said that I heard a clip of him saying truth is truth, but fa-, like literally saying that we care about the truth, not the facts. That, that was uh, just a gaffe. But I mean, I know that's what I'm he saying. He said that previously. No, he, and he, he said that again? He didn't say that exact thing. Okay, okay. But he actually said that recently. Yes, he did. I thought he was, like, ripping me off. No. <laughs> not, well, not again this time. What, what he, he might have been. What he said was, the point is, I was telling the story that they were courageous. I don't see what the problem is. So right, right. It's the of same course. thing wow. AOC said, the same thing that a- Abrams has said before. And the whole premise of the article is that, what do we do when these people who just make mistakes? And the same theme was echoed on Don Lemon. 
uh, CNN tonight, last night, Don Lemon's little interaction where he flirts with Chris Cuomo for 10 minutes before they change shows. They were saying, uh, well, Obama, they, they try to compare it. They say, o- Obama said you can keep your doctor, uh, whatever, when you, when you go tr- switch health care. You like your doctor, you keep your doctor. Well, he made a mistake. That was just a mistake. Trump lies <laughs> maliciously. So that's a theme that they're, they're putting out there right now is that it's okay for the left to lie. That's interesting because it, it seems to me that it is they're setting this up. And I, I, I recall a big case from law school, which people have heard of that I happened to go to law school, New York Times v. Sullivan, where the the person who was quoted was the statement was put in quotation marks, even though it was paraphrased and the meaning distorted and New York Times won. Saying that he put the general idea in there, this seems like New York Times v. Sullivan 2.0. And it is also interesting to me because there were parallels. You're talking about Trump Biden parallels. There was another story, reminded me of you, on in Fo- on FoxNews.com today that said that Trump and Biden both say the same thing and have the same strategy, but with a crucial difference. It said they're both saying, vote for me, even though you don't like me. And, <laughs> and we had said that, right? So so this guy is writing, Mark Thiessen, Tessen, T-H-I-E-S-S-E-N, says that Trump in New Hampshire said, this is a quote, whether you like me or hate me, you have got to vote for me. And then later in the rally or right after the rally, they played the stones saying you can't always get what you want. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was like, New Hampshire. I said, I think that's where Jill Biden said her thing. And I, I looked that up, although it was later in the story anyway. I didn't have to look it up. But in Nashua, New Hampshire, she said, I, you might think, okay, I personally like so-and-so better, but your bottom line has to be that we have to beat Trump. And the distinction the guy makes in the article, because this is like the pro-Trump article, is that Trump is appealing to independence and Biden is appealing to his base. Like Biden's saying to his own Democrats, like, I can't, uh, you know, you got to suck it up. Or as Jill said, swallow a little bit. (laughs) So that was, that was that. Uh, There was another story I found, like had a similar thing where I thought, is this just a real story? Because this first story I read was very short and I just couldn't see how it had a lot of, a lot of legs to it because there were a few details. I couldn't decipher the agenda, but then when I went to other sites, it's all over everything. So clearly this is a story that has a, a reason. It's that cyber spies exploited security vulnerabilities to plant spyware in Apple iPhones. And they, that when a user visited this website, they would acquire this malware that went onto their iPhone. This was two years ago. It's been happening for two years. And, and, how, and it tapped into messages, text messages, photos, and real-time location data. And, they, and it said it, it show, shows the hallmarks of a nation state, which just are the hallmarks of a nation state. What, what are the hallmarks? Of, I guess there are hallmarks. I don't know. But anyway, so there's your, your catch, hallmarks of a nation state. It also said, this is to tell you that your iPhone is more vulnerable than you think. So I don't know what they, so, and maybe they're just trying to sell more new iPhones. What do you mean hallmarks of a nation state? That's the quote. It didn't say, it it just was saying, we don't, we have no idea who's doing this, but we think it's uh, another country. Oh, okay. A country Uh, that likes to mess with us. Likes to meddle. (laughs) I.e. China. 
China or Russia. Yeah, exactly. I totally thought Russia, of course, first. But then there was another detail in the article that smacked of some kind of agenda. There's a thing called Project Zero, which I had not heard of. Project Zero, which is a Google project. I guess zero day is the day you discover a bug or vulnerability in your software. I guess it's a tech term. So it didn't say this in the in the description I was reading, but I assume zero day means like how many, that's where you count off how many days it takes to fix it. So this glitch was there. Vulnerability has been there for two years, but project zero Google, for some reason, identified it to Apple. They identified it February 1st, 2019. So I'm thinking zero day was February. It's, they finally patched it, fixed it, whatever. I don't know what they're doing with it, but that I'm pretty confident that story is going to have legs. And I, and I found that near a story that said Huawei is rolling out 5G in certain areas of Moscow. So the race is on. I thought that would appeal to you. The race is on. You said that was what the driver was like, why we're being crammed down by the FCC to put 5G without any say at the municipal level because China, and now it's China and Russia, and it's China and Russia combined. <laughs> like, ah. Yeah, China's trying to export their brand of totalitarianism, they say, and they don't have any things blocking them. So, Right. So we, I mean, you might as well have the good totalitarian. <laughs> okay, so. Sex robots could suddenly malfunction and attack their randy masters, experts warn. And I've seen some stories like this. Not only are they vulnerable for, uh, to just attacking people, they are vulnerable to hackers. So what you have here, because this isn't just like a – this is, a, this is a, an Alexa in, embodied in a sex doll. So it's AI. It's listening. It's always watching. And – it can't. Yeah, it's a personal spy that could really, if if somebody oh wanted to God. hack it, could hold all of the masters around the around the country hostage. And don't they have like the Alexa thing? Aren't they like trying to get information from your emotions and build that into the mental They're health network to, we yeah. talked about yesterday? Yeah. I mean, these stories all fold together. They were saying how they use AI for that. How this? So now your iPhone has been tapped. In, well, you're blowing my mind, man. I would. Definitely avoid the sex robot. Yep. I just, I mean, hey, man, do what you want. but Or put a blindfold <laughs> on it at least. <laughs> I don't know. Or I handcuff it so it can't hurt you. See, you but know? then that becomes kind of a fetish. You <laughs> exactly, yeah. And that, they'd register that as well. Well, it blindfolded me. He <laughs> 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 blindfolded yeah. me. <laughs> They're going to take your guns away for doing that. <laughs> so, oh, speaking of uh, the... The sexual theme, I guess. Yikes. Earmuff your kids if you're listening to it on stage. Uh, the, it's, it's really not that bad. The Epstein case was dismissed, by the way, by the New York judge. And it's a very weird story because normally when someone's dead, the case is just dismissed out of hand. This guy had a hearing and invited uh, 23 accusers to testify before dismissing the case anyway. I mean, it just... There was no option, yeah. and but it doesn't make a difference to the civil cases. But I heard a story about Mario Batali that reminded me of the story that the real first story about Jeffrey Epstein in Santa Monica, where he met with some model and he like started groping her or uh, wanting to touch her or whatever. Like it was a very believable story, and this one is believable too. I guess I don't have any reason not to, but. But what he did was nuts. Batali 
saw this girl, woman, young lady, I don't know, across the room taking a picture of him. So he invited her over to take a selfie with her. And the story she says of what he did, I'm afraid of like, I'm not even going to tell the whole story. It's on page6.com. She alleges he grabbed and kissed her face, rubbed her, uh, you know, various parts of her body, put his hands between her legs, and I'm not reading the rest. This is Epstein? (laughs) No, this is Batali. Sorry, someone's accusing Mario Batali of having done this. Okay. So there, I think it's a lawsuit, and he's denying it. I'm not trying to slander the guy. I'm just, I just, at first, I thought, oh, this is just like a copycat after the chick who said that that um, Jeffrey Epstein did this to her at a restaurant in Santa Monica 20 years ago. But then I started reading the details, and it was like, Ugh. yeah. Anyway, just you know, you're well, on I, that theme, so I guess I he didn't I'd realize throw it. that in there. Somebody taking a photo is not consent. That also not don't okay. take photos of <laughs> random people. Not a good thing to do. Not. Yes, it's her own fault. She asked. For it. <laughs> no, not at all. Me? That's not what I mean. <laughs> that is not what I mean. But I've heard a lot of. Just trying to help you. I've heard a lot. Thank you. I've heard a lot of stories lately about people just. <laughs> people post these pictures of other people all the time on social media that don't know they're taking their picture, and somebody. Oh, that, my kids! My kids have that problem. They yeah. take each other's pictures. Somebody I know. Somebody I know was telling me about how they took a picture of this big, this person who was this massive working out the other day in a gym, and they were sneaking taking pictures. I'm like, don't do that. Don't sneak and take pictures. Yeah, don't do that. Yeah. Plus, uh, this Batali gets under my skin because I, I seem to recall when bashing bankers was all the rage that he, uh, instead of bashing gropers, which he will now get the, live by the sword, die by the sword, he was said negative things about bankers and you know rich people. Meanwhile, he's a rich people who got rich by providing a service to rich people. And I, I just thought this guy is his he's just like Epstein, n- not in touch with the reality. That's right. Yeah. Just like Epstein. Let's do one more. You got one more. Or should I make a I have a big one. I have a teeny tiny one. What you got? Anything for Epstein? There's another Epstein story today about how there's a network of women who recruited and trained all of his sex slaves and. That's basically the story, and the only reason I noticed that is because we reported that three years ago. So, <laughs> All right, well, uh, Jim Lavelle, who was the guy in the white hat and the white suit or tan hat and tan suit that's in that famous picture where Lee Harvey Oswald gets shot in police custody in the police station in a private room yeah. uh, by the mob-connected Jack Ruby, that guy died at the age of 99. Was it an assassination? Failure. Oh, sorry. The, yeah, he was 99. He might have been assassinated, but he was 99 when he died yeah. yesterday. Did he make a deathbed confession? Do we know? I think he expressed remorse at his failure. Yeah. Guess it was just bad luck. All right. You can find your drive time prop every afternoon at 4 p.m. at yourpropreport.com or your favorite podcasting platform. We will talk to you next week.